Welcome to Horny Housewives Book Club. I think there Is needs that a to jingle? be. Yeah, um, I think we need to get some sexy sax under there, though. This is doing it for me. It's Horny Housewives Book Club Christmas Edition. Wow. I'll tell you what, it's about a degree off of the sun in this room, so it's already nice and steamy in here, and with that music, mwah. Or I think, you know what, another option is. What's Since, that? I mean, this is our first episode, so we got to figure this out. This is really important. We actually can't start until we figure this out. Sure. Do some, some Barry White-esque, like, open, Here, you know? let me go ahead and see if I can. Girl. Mm. Welcome to the Horny Housewives Book Club. That sounds exactly like Barry White. Wow. Barry? Wow, Are right, here? Barry? Are you here? Barry. Wow. My good personal friend, Barry White. Hello. Nice to have you on the podcast. Look, he bought, he brought champagne and beluga caviar. <gasps> Strawberries, too. They're my favorite. What a good guy. Wow. Well, well, I mean, welcome, Barry. We can't have a podcast about yeah, smut d- books without we, Barry White. We don't mean to be rude, but do you mind if we record this podcast real quick? He's given us the okay symbol, so I think we're good to go. Excellent. Okay. All right. So... All that to say, welcome to Horny Housewives Book Club, where uh, Dylan and I read really bad romance books. So what, we want to talk about how this, this this came to be. Absolutely. We take a look at what makes the average Walmart housewife shopper horny, I guess, because uh, walking through Walmart... I always like to walk through the book section, generally because there's always a really interesting selection of, like, aggressively Christian books in there, and they're good for a chuckle. Also, in their book section, (laughs) is an extensive, extensive collection. I mean, mostly. Mostly. Like, predominantly. Is an extensive collection of romance, and then, like, Harlequin romance novels, and I'm looking at these books. For those books. who don't know, because I just learned what this term word was the other day, would you please Harlequin? So, to the best of my understanding, we're experts now. So, um, your romance novels are your typical. They fall in love, and it's adorable, and there's some steamy innuendo, perhaps. Maybe it's alluded to All at innuendo. some point that Ugh. they smushed their junk. Harlequin romance is we 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 read about the smushing. We in a little there. bit more, we're in the room. In a little bit more detail, and usually it uses words like "woman." Talks about all the fluids. And, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I hope it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> man, this chapter is called "The Fluids." Ew. Okay, so we're just curious, like, because I know that my both of my grandparents, my mother included, have read these really shitty paperback, you know, read in a few hours romance books, and I'm like, why do people like these? So, we're trying to find out. It's an exploration, really. Apparently, uh, my great-grandmother read these books constantly. And I mean to the point that she had an entire closet full of them at her house. And when her house burned down, it was the only thing that survived. The most important thing. That's the power of love. I was going to say maybe it's the power of fluids, but oh, <laughs> bring it up my great grandmother. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to if you're going to rock into this territory of romance like little I was going to say telenovelas, that's not what they are. Um oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. All right, so it's just me. Um <laughs> hello, it's Shayna. 
Um, but the first book we're going to be talking about, it's it's going to be Christmas, because, I mean, why not? You love Christmas. It's Christmas all year round. It is, yeah. Um, December yeah, it's 26th. September, but shut up. Um, December 26th begins the Christmas season all over again. Indeed. Um, we're going to be talking about Blizzard of Love by Aaron Wright, who has written approximately a million of these books. Like, just something of love. She and clearly likes the, the format of that. Every single cover looks exactly the same, which is like some hunky dude's bare chest with like a 19 pack of abs. 10 somehow. gallon hat on. 10 gallon hat. And jeans a little too long. <laughs> it is it is such a mood. It profusely is white. I profusely mean profusely white. Yes. Just like the glare off of his abs is blinding. Uh so that's that's the vibe. That is every cover that Aaron Wright has done, just to give you an idea. So, um, I have read the book. This week, Dylan has not. So, um, I'm going to be going through what this book is about. Uh, in the summary, it's going to be a little hard because there is not a lot of plot. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get started. So, The Blizzard of Love starts with a character named Luke, who we meet right away in a hardware store. Very manly. Very. Um, right before Christmas, or as he calls it, the most hated time of the year. So, basically, fuck Luke. Is what you're saying. Okay. I hate Luke already. I need you to put your personal values aside so we can get to know Luke. Why? Luke shoved his personal values in my face right out the gate. All right. Okay. That's fair. But, you know, so he's the Grinch of of the book, right? He's like a big old country boy rancher who lives in the middle of nowhere, a.k.a. Long Valley, Idaho. Now, is he trying to, like, do some... Is he doing some foreshadowing by t- uh, taking place in Idaho? I don't or know. Or in you tell Long me. Valley. Uh uh uh. Although right. that could speak to our female main character, perhaps. We don't know. We don't know. Who's to say? So he runs into his friend Stetson, who insists he come over for dinner because his Latina maid, Carmelita. Stop. Carmelita is her name. Carmel I T A. So Carmelita is his Latina maid. Uh, and Stetson invites Luke over because Carmelita, just can't get over that, like, oh my god, uh, will make lots of good food, and he really wants him to come over because he knows that Luke, you know, doesn't do much on Christmas. And almost certainly these men cannot cook for themselves. Clearly not. My, totally incompetent. My idea of both of these the men already is they probably could not boil water without having their hand held. I mean, uh... I think that's very much correct, based on my understanding. Carmelita does everything. And also, they describe her over and over again as magic. Carmelita is magical. She comes to save the day. She knows where everything is. She's prepared for a crisis. Like... Oh, so tropey. She's, she she is my mom. She honestly is the plot. With our Carmelita, there is no book. That's how little these main characters actually matter. She irons my underwear. She cleans my room when I don't feel like it. <laughs> she saves my junk because I'm too lazy. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. That took me a minute. Uh, so, so, simultaneously, while Stetson is inviting Luke over for Christmas because he's a sad, sad sap who hates, uh, hates the holidays, Stetson's pregnant wife, Jennifer, who is uh, fattening up nicely, as he oh, calls it. Why? Right? What is this that we you read? So why? Jennifer is fattening up nicely, a.k.a. bearing life. Um, and Are they going to eat her? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Carmelita has to work her magic on. 
Oh, that's disgusting. You know what? That changes the tone of this whole book. Maybe they're really trying to literally butter up Jennifer. Oh, no. He's inviting them over because Carmelita's gonna cook Jennifer. You didn't tell me this was a cannibal love story. I mean, cannibals need romance too, right? No. Cannibals are excluded from love. So I bring it back to Stetson's pregnant wife, Jennifer, who is fattening up nicely. She simultaneously, without his knowledge, uh, invites over her friend, Bonnie, who is a city girl accountant who loves Christmas. That a girl. You see what's happening here? I mean, I don't know if the plot is too obvious, but I'll spell it out for you. So, country boy hates Christmas. Sure. City girl Slow loves down. Christmas. Oh. Okay, got it. You, you're there? Okay. So, uh, you know, they all meet up together at the Stetsons. Luke and Bonnie meet in a totally normal way. He walks in on her as she is ass out, pants down, about to take a piss on the toilet. I'm he- sorry, who's about to take a piss on the toilet? Is so- it Carmelita who's about to take a piss on the toilet? <laughs> no, 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 no. So when they're at the Stetsons' house, because now they're all here. Is the- their last name the Stetsons? Stetsons. Sorry. Yes. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, that's his first. I don't know their last name. Clearly, they don't matter. Countrymen. It's Stetson and Jennifer's house, and Bonnie and Luke were both invited over at the same time. Okay. Yes? Okay, I'm with you. So, initially, they're all like, oh, no, whoopsie, we didn't mean to. We're not trying to set you up. He, 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 he. And then, Bonnie, the city girl accountant, is taking a piss. She's just rocking Pulling her pants down to use the facility is about the least sexiest thing possible. Well, you know what? That's Don't a kink for shame. somebody. Never mind. Don't never kink mind, shame never mind. our viewers. So, you know, she's ready to just, just rock a piss and he doesn't think there's a human in there. Opens the door and is like, wow, there's a human in here. But instead of being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. He goes, oh man, she's got some sexy red lace underwear. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then slowly closes the door and leaves. Gah! My skeleton is already trying to leave my body. Could you imagine that the first thing that happens when you open the door and someone gives you the someone's in here is Cupid rears back the arrow on his bow and pierces your heart. It probably smells of shit in this room. And the first thing you're doing is like, oh no, there's a human in here. What kind of undies you got there? Like, is this the kind of person we're dealing with? Is this what Luke sounds like? He's got like massive underbite and he's like, hey there. That sure is some fine red lacy undies you got. Well, now it's canon. Now, now it is. So, Barry White's like... here. Luke's got this great drawl going on. I mean, he as, as is as romantic as Barry White with that. I love it. Barry's upset. He just left. Oh, oh no. I think we'll have to take this part out. I don't want to upset you Barry. You just ruined a lifelong friendship. Shit. Well, all right. So, we're talking about sexy pisses here. <sighs> and, um... I don't know about you, but that's pretty romantic, right? Like, so that's how they meet. And then they're like, oh my God. Ah! And she's really mad at him. Cause she's like, you, how dare. Right. Hey. Oh, she also, wait, also, sorry. I forgot this really funny part. Um, while she freaks out because someone opened the door and caught her mid piss, she falls, trips over her pants around her ankles and falls into like the, you know, bathtub, clawfoot or whatever. And they make it seem like a not big deal. But I'm like, damn, I think this girl's got to go to the hospital because she has to be, like, face-bleeding concussed. But we're just going to skip over that because her red lace underwear is super sexy. 
Wow, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, <laughs> of course Bonnie's pissed, because this guy not only opens the door, he didn't do the right thing, which is, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and then closed the door, and then apologized profusely again after she walked out. Instead, he opened it, and presumably stood there long enough to check her out. To so, determine the underwear are indeed lacy, which at first glance, you would not be able to so tell. So there is like a pregnant pause of moment where he has opened the door, noticed that Bonnie is on the toilet, it is like mm, <laughs> good and then he closes the door she loses her mind because of course she does because that's disgusting have you ever like been in or touched a clawfoot tub they are no. just solid I mean, no, oh, yes, that, yes. <laughs> this woman is dead. Right? This woman is dead. Because well, they're like Book cast iron or over. something, right? Yes. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Holy like, we're God. not concerned about that, you know. So, okay, so Bonnie's all upset, really embarrassed. Um, she goes downstairs to just, like, ream this guy out, and Luke is. He might be well, into that. Well, that's true. Um, but then, you know, she decides against it. It's like, you know what? I'll just pretend it never happened. We all go through that phase, right? Denial. It just never happened. He's not going to pretend. <laughs> but no, she walks down and he's already telling them. And then you walked in and she fell into the bathroom. It's like, oh my God, dude, come on. So anyway, she's pissed. Um, he's laughing. They're trying to be cool about it. They're not. So this is their, their meet cute, as they would say in the movies. This mm-hmm. is how our two characters meet in this steaming romance. Um, but this comes to my first quote of the book that I thought was just too stupid to not share. Um, now this is Bonnie talking first. Why did you not knock before you came in? Were you raised in a barn? And he goes, um, kinda. So, just to give you a little bit of the, the, the cringe um, that was going on in this scene. So, so what our listeners might not know is that Shayna was, in fact, raised on a farm. Not in a barn. Um, how much, like, what percentage of your childhood would you say took place, like, like how, how much pivotal parenting happened inside the barn, would you say? Like, 70 or 80 percent, would you say? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I would say... Honestly, my, all of it. The whole, all of that the most sense. impactful moments were in the barn. So really it's Surrounded Bonnie who's being... Surrounded by cow shit and yeah, hay and sure. flies and uh, just the most... Um, as, as a country person does yeah, and is right. want to do. Indeed. So really Bonnie's being insensitive is what you're saying here. I mean, it, it it's, it's actually pretty discriminatory what she just said to him. It's really offensive. I don't like either of these people. Yeah. So this there's This is ruining that. Christmas for me. So she decides to hate him, um, but she struggles. <laughs> she decides to hate him. Fair. I mean, yeah, she, Fair. she decides to hate him, but she struggles because he has, and I quote, a chiseled jaw and cheekbones that she could cut herself on. Oh, You God. know what's sexy? Being cut by cheekbones. What? Why? Why is that a thing that we use to describe faces? His cheeks come to perfect pyramidal points. Right? Like, if I try to kiss him, he will gouge my eyes out. I, uh, yeah, so, Excuse me while I get a bucket and a mop. So her brain and her vag are fighting right now on what to do. <laughs> um, but obviously it's a love that cannot be there from two different worlds, blah, 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 city, country. Um, but then there is a really terrible blizzard and Bonnie cannot go back to the big city, Boise, Idaho. So they're all snowed in Yikes. in the same house. 
Uh, the rest of the book, literally, literally nothing else happens from here. The rest good. of the book is them sledding. It's a good thing we decided to base the podcast on it, yeah, then. Yeah, so she's sledding. She, um, Bonnie is biting her lip constantly while oh. also talking and smiling. Bonnie bites her lip so much, like, I'm surprised it's not disgustingly chapped and bloody 24-7. Like, I was just going to say, that's a recipe for chapped lips. This is the winter, bud. And the Christmas, and yeah, given Christmas the, time. And given the type of dude you're spending your time with, you know the only thing thing he has in his pockets is Carmax. I mean, I was just going to say, you know, he's probably leaning down for a big old wet one because he's like, hey, I just met you. Oh, fuck. Do you want some Carmax, bud? Like, like, oh, hey, I see your lips are bleeding. Here's this poison I'm going to give you to put on your mouth. Well, I'm just going to do this because if my dad was here, he would say this. If it doesn't burn, it's not working. Yeah, as he's like smearing Carmax on her lips, like, "Mm, tastes like my dad. That honestly is the taste of my childhood. Ice Carmax. Um, not the cherry flavored bullshit they came out with later. The like weird squeezy tube that just is nasty. That is maybe the saddest thing you've ever said. You didn't know that? Carmax, the taste of my childhood. That's what it was. My my lips were chapped all the time for real. And that's, that's what my dad used. Yeah. And he's like, here you go. I am okay. okay. I've made it. Eventually he did switch to cherry though. Yeah. He, he, you know, put down his, his man card and he's like, I'm going to go with a cherry Carmax instead. Well, so maybe it was Katy Perry who inspired him. I'm not really I was sure. Say, it's um, a shame that he turned in his masculinity, but <laughs> so okay, so they're all uh, blizzarded, the yeah blizzarded in, and uh, they sled and they eat all of Carmelita's magical cooking, and so they're oh, stuck at Stetson's house. They are stuck at Stetson's house. Okay, yes, for many days. I think six days total. Does Carmelita not like? I know they're all snowed in, but like. <laughs> Does she not get a break somewhere in here? Well, because based on what you're describing, it sounds like they're just like, well, we're snowed in. Back to work. Well, they're snowed in and the power goes out. I should have made that clear. Okay. So they're snowed in, the power goes out, and, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere, so they need to, like, get water to prepare for it from the well because, you know, electricity, you know, pulls up water. And they need to get all the lamps uh, around so they can turn on the kerosene. And uh, Carmelita actually lives in a house next door. Um, but, you know, in um, amongst the blizzard, she had to go frantically get her medicine. So they almost froze to death on their way um, to her house to get her medicine. So that, that I actually forgot about that part of the plot. That was that big scary moment because it literally lasted like two pages. It was like, it was not a big deal. The best way to introduce conflict into your story is to resolve it almost immediately. Resolve it right away. So... She it lives, makes me feel good. I don't want to be stressed while I read my steamy romance. No, of course not. She lives in a house next door. Yeah. And they almost froze to death walking through the blizzard. Yep. Next door. Yeah, the whiteout conditions, Dylan, were unbelievable. Now, is this, yeah. like, country next door where it's like, oh, yeah, he just lives next door, which means, no. like, anywhere from seven to ten miles away? <laughs> no, or... no. Well, that would be your neighbor. Sure. Um, it's different <laughs> than being next door. Um, no, she is in, like, I guess kind of like where, like, an in-law house would be or something. Like, she lives on the property. It doesn't, it can't even snow when it's that cold. She's always taking care of the family, Dylan. She lives there. Yeah, so send her on out into the blizzard to get her meds. Well, no, 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 Stetson goes with her. And then they both get lost and almost freeze to death. Here's a notion. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And, like, I'm presuming this, but don't send your elderly mom, mom mom-adjacent housemaid out into a blizzard. Well, naturally his mom is dead, so it's just her. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? Why wouldn't she be? Now, why is it that we have more backstory on Stetson than we do on Luke? (laughs) 
how is it that I know more there. about Stetson I'm other than the there. fact that Luke is like, well, that Christmas. Can we also point out that we know nothing about Jennifer and Bonnie, other than that Jennifer's fattening up and Bonnie's an accountant. I literally forgot Jennifer existed. Yeah, Jennifer's prego. Yeah. Yeah, she's a big old fatty, fatty, no friends <laughs> based on what we're hearing. So. No kidding. But yeah, so so they go out. I literally forgot this happened until I was talking about it. They go out to go because um, Carmelita insists on trying to find her meds because it's a, I don't know, it's messy and she doesn't know how to explain it. Blah, blah, blah. Crisis. It's it's <laughs> snowing. We call that plot convenience. It's a, yeah. So they get, they get lost and Luke looks out the window and he's like, oh my God, they're going the wrong way. And then he runs out and saves them. <laughs> going and, the wrong way. It's ridiculous. She but also know where her house is. <laughs> Just like a little bit of snow fuck with her object permanence. Like Dylan, what? It was whiteout conditions. You don't understand. But the thing that makes me laugh about that, it's supposed to be whiteout conditions. So whiteout that they put a, a cord between the house and the barn to go feed the animals, right? You gotta like follow it. So it's whiteout conditions. How how did Luke see they were going the wrong way? That's what I want to know. <laughs> from the really window. Point. Right? Yeah. So that's from the window. Oh my god. So just this ridiculous ridiculousness happens. His spider and senses were tingling. Stetson almost dies, and Jennifer's like, oh my god, I love you. And Luke is like, oh, I hope somebody loves me like that. Not, I hope my friend doesn't die. It's, oh my god, I'm so jealous of your wife. Yeah, as Luke's like, got a finger running in the room of his belly button, like, sure wish someone would love god, me. And then you... he just slowly starts to turn and look at Bonnie. I hate it. Also, his last name is Nash, and now I keep thinking about it as G-N-A-S-H. Is he just like, Yeah. His teeth. Is that not how it's spelled? Because I assume that. (laughs) No. Ew. So, okay, so they're doing all that Christmassy shit. Um, They sing some carols after their near-death experience. I'm going to need to take that again with about 80% more cheer. Well, I'm doing it. They do all the Christmassy shit. Is that better? I guess. Well, I'm 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 giving you the perspective of Luke, who hates Christmas. Remember, he yeah, is the I Grinch of the story. Luke. Okay, so they do all the really fun Christmassy stuff, and they there sing carols, go. and mm. and they go get a real Christmas tree. Yeah, and, they do. Oh, and the ladies ask the men to chop it down with uh, real axes because it's more romantic. Um, <laughs> Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But then they walk off to, like, go get cocoa or something. So they ask them to put in profusely more work instead of using a regular saw, because what are we in the 1800s? Um, And then they walk off and don't even pay attention. Um, Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't cocoa. It was Christmas greenery. They went off to get Christmas greenery. And then uh, Luke was pretty sure there was no greenery, but there might be poison ivy. So... They make them do hard labor. (laughs) That is the most, like, you want to see what I can make my husband do thing I've ever heard in my life. That, oh my lord, they make them do hard labor and then they just mosey off. They don't even sit and Mm -mm. watch. How are they supposed to get all hot and steamy and moist if they don't stay and watch them cut down the trees? Yeah, I was really thinking it was going to get into, like, some lumber sexual territory for a moment, but then they just didn't watch and we didn't hear about it until the tree started starts to fall down and almost lands on Bonnie. So then Luke has to go rescue Bonnie and press her soft supple buddy, buddy. <laughs> her soft supple buddy against his hard chiseled body. She didn't get cut. Wow. Spoiler, she didn't get cut. Good. But you know, he saves her and 
you know, looks off longingly into the distance afterward, thinking about the purpose of her life. And it's, it's a real big moment. Did he lift the tree off her using the force of his massive underbite? Like, did he gnash right, <laughs> right through the tree? Like, don't worry, buddy, I'm coming. No, he didn't yum, lift yum, it. Yum. He just chopped it. He just did, like, some, um, you know, woodpecker. No, not It's like woodpecker. if you put a carrot in a snapping turtle's mouth. It's just like, Ch-chun. What do you call those animals with the teeth? That, uh, beaver? Yeah, beavers do have teeth. <laughs> Jesus. The My more you brain. know. The more you know. So he just beavers this. Sh- oh, but then you think about. Oh, he beavers right in he there. He beavers the beaver. He oh. beavers the beaver. Oh, oh no. Poor he Bonnie. He really is gnashing, huh? Here's the thing. So Bonnie, I'm, I'm, I need to go backwards a little bit. So Bonnie was just sitting down to pee when he walked <laughs> in. Yes, she was. So he definitely saw her beaver then, as well as her red lacy underwear. I so would he's just like that's so. mm, that's a nice Volvo you got there. Yeah, he, he probably doesn't use words like that. No, it would it would be like smush hole or like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. or the the mush monster. Like <laughs> he he doesn't know that it's actually called a Volvo. The mush monster. So he's, um, num, 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 so num, num, he's num. definitely seen Bonnie's mush monster. <laughs> Most likely, yes. I I don't envision a world where he couldn't have. So back to the story. So he rescues her from this... this Christmas trees aren't even that big. They could crush a human. How big of a Christmas tree are they cutting down? How tiny is uh, Bonnie? I Well, okay. I don't have any personal characteristics about Bonnie, so I can't tell you that. I am six foot one. Normally, Christmas trees are not that much taller than me. It's still enough to hurt a fella. What is she, like, three foot five? I will make a pine tree fall on you this this Christmas, and then you can let me know if that doesn't hurt. Okay, so, so when you chop down, so I'm going to give you an axe. Thank you. And you're going to chop it down. Yeah. I'm going to walk away while you do that. I'm going to put up a man that. bun. I'm going to grow a beard for the occasion, put on some plaid. Yep. Yep, this, is wor- this is all working for me. I think we need um, to pause the podcast and go bone right now. That's probably a good call. Okay. Um. So I'm going to have you do all this, and then when the tree... Dylan, falls. we need to stop the podcast. Okay, we're so. back. <laughs> all right, continue. So when Where the tree, when the tree, I remembered because I, I've, I'm just, I'm there. I'm sorry. When you chop down the tree and it falls and brushes off of me on the ground, and I go, oh, that was mildly inconvenient for about ten seconds. Meanwhile, this guy is like Secret Service diving in front of the president, like nobody, like what. I'm still stuck on the fact that you don't think a Christmas tree falling on somebody would hurt. They're not that big. But they're heavy. Kind of. It depends, I guess. Bonnie is a delicate female, Dylan. She needs to be rescued. You know what? That's fair. I guess that's on me for forgetting that. Thank you. Okay, now we can move on. Jesus, you gotta understand that he needs to save everyone. He needs, sure. You know, it's, of course. it's just, it's his manly duty. Well, of course. Yeah. So, uh, the Christmas montage ensues. They, you know, do the, the Christmas tree shit and all this, you know, rescuing stuff. And Bonnie and Luke start getting sweet on each other. And Aww. surprise, he opens up and has <gasps> feelings. Ew. I know. What a pussy. So, we learn Luke's sad backstory. Dylan, okay, we gotta get somber now. Bring it down. Can I, can I guess? Sure. Can I take a shot? I'd love to hear it. So, dad, he loves his dad, and he's not mad about it, but he was a heavy drinker who walked out on the family sometime around the holidays, leaving his single mother to raise their family, and they didn't have a whole lot of money for presents out there on the farm, so they mostly just got wood. 
<laughs> I mean, you're pretty close, but we're actually going to do a role reversal here. Um, so his backstory is that he was abandoned at Christmas. You got that. Um, by, by his mother. And he informs us begrudgingly that Christmas was jangling music and people buying presents they couldn't afford for people they didn't like. And, and mothers leaving their three children to fend for themselves with only a mostly absent father to occasionally try to fill the void. So mom actually up and leaves. Mom actually... (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. She um, <laughs> like her, <laughs> her mom left. So this actually, idiots, my Christmases were great. This wins the line that made me laugh the hardest award. Okay. Um because we later find out that Luke doesn't drink milk because uh lo and behold his mother abandons <laughs> Mothers make milk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. He hates women, actually, deep down, so he won't drink milk. No. Um, so his mother leaves because on a night very similar to the blizzard that came and wrecked his whole Christmas, um, she insisted on going to get milk because they ran out of milk. So she did a few donuts with the car trying to leave the parking lot. She never came back. I'm sorry. She left to get milk. <laughs> no, hold on. And she didn't come back. So. No, 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 no. Hold on. She did donuts, which to me says she was like, yee-haw, later, idiots, and then, like, peeled out of the driveway, flipping her kids the bird, as they could, you know, which they could apparently somehow see, see through the whiteout donuts. blizzard condition. She's like, ha-ha, idiots, we don't even drink milk, and then went off. I'm lactose intolerant, motherfuckers. No, um, so that's on me. It wasn't donuts. She was just skidding because it was that much snow. No, but the donut, the no, donuts is, is yeah. It's canon. Much better. Mom did donuts. And she was like, see you later, Luke, who I hate specifically. But my favorite line of the book that or that made me laugh the hardest was about his milk protest. So now that you know the backstory, the line is, he wouldn't touch milk. It was his own silent protest against the injustices of the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am going to need you to say that for me again because I think... I think I, like, left my body for a hot second. Yeah, no, no, So he wouldn't touch milk. Mm-hmm. It was his own silent protest against the injustices of the world. He oh, actually, boy. He won't even touch the titty either because they make milk. It's too close to home. Sorry, Bonnie. I hope that's not your very specific kink. This, you mean to tell me that this, like, all lives matter thin blue line motherfucker was like I'm protesting against the injustices of the world as he's like walking into grocery stores pouring out all of the milk in the milk aisle crying about his mom yep drawing mustaches on the missing kids you know <laughs> just to really get back at them yeah you, oh I hope you don't find your parents cause my mom left at me. least you have a mom that's looking for you <laughs> my god yeah, now, because the author did not provide any freaking backstory, really, for Bonnie or Luke, this is it now. This is what he does. Every Christmas, normally, he goes to the, the I was going to say the milk market. <laughs> he goes to the milk market. <laughs> he goes to the market. You're from the country. That's got to be a thing. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim Jam's milk market. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, absent father, mother leaves to go get milk. You know, normal stuff. And throughout the book, Luke wants to go to work and take care of his horses in the 20 feet of snow, but he fights the urge. You know, he he puts down his work, but he specifically doesn't go because he's worried that Prager, Preg, Preg, Jennifer would be upset. Um, specifically, and I quote, 
She'd think she'd done something to piss him off, and he didn't want to make a pregnant woman get all sniffly and emotional on him, or any female at all, come to think of it. Stop having emotions. I hate them. Stop it. Yep, yep. So that was, I mean, that lets you know pretty much everything there is to know My God. about his relationship with himself. Can you imagine the notion that this person, this person may someday have children? Probably already does. There's populating Long Valley with all the little no. cowboy tykes. I cannot imagine a more toxic, mentally unhealthy space than Long Valley, and I am basing this solely on the four people the we've interacted vegan, with so, so they... far. Oh, sorry. I was going to say all the kids are vegan, just so, you know, to really get some space away from the milk. Yeah. <laughs> you think. Vegan, but they eat meat, actually. I was going to say, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Because you mean to tell me that Stetson or Luke, if their kid was like, Dad, I've put a lot of thought into this, and he's going to be like, first of all, where are your overalls? You know I can't talk to you unless you're wearing your overalls, son. It's like, okay, my name is Samantha. We've been over this. <laughs> I'm never going to play football. You need to go put on your talking overalls oh now. You mean to tell me these people are going to be okay with the idea of their children not just taking the, taking a bite out of the side of a cow? Yeah, I didn't really think about that. No, yep, you yep. didn't, honey. Maybe I just really want them to be vegan, though, because I was a vegetarian who grew up on a farm, and I want to see myself and the imaginary kids of these characters I really don't know anything about. I was going to say, I think you kind of lost yourself in Long Valley there for a minute. <laughs> Um, so maybe I did, Dylan, and maybe I'll never come back. It's a beautiful world. Please come back. <laughs> so, uh, Luke and Bonnie make kissy faces at each other for a while. Nothing really happens. Carmelita cooks cinnamon rolls. Everyone gains 10 pounds from her cooking magic. Um, Especially Jennifer, who continues to fatten up nicely. Fattens up so good. Luke does talk to his penis sometimes. I am um, so sorry. What? Well, not like for real, but like in his mind. He talks to his penis Is in his Is that mind. better? I guess it's probably better than know, being don't, like... Don't you talk to your mm, penis? Mm, that sure was some good cinnamon roll, dick. Like, I thought that was something just all penis-having people did. No. No? No. So he does that because he's like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking these unholy thoughts. But then he indicates that, you know, his 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 winkers may have other ideas. Um, I'm not responsible for it. Boys will be boys. Oh, like, God. man, Long Valley gets worse by the second. So this is the bulk of the story here. Um, the bulk of the story is Luke sits in the <laughs> middle of the living room and talks to his dick out loud. What do you think he named his dick? Oh, boy. George? Uh, something like, something like Remington. Ooh, I like it. It's definitely Remington. Remington George Bolt Action the third. The third. Does he does <laughs> now now Shayna does how many penises does the book say Luke has? So that's where the book really gets interesting. Um, <laughs> that's very funny. Oh my god! Um, I mean, maybe he's a simple man. He maybe he goes with Luke Junior. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a man of my convictions. Oh my god, Luke Remington Nash Junior. Okay, so. Um, then the, the other mild crisis, other than this blizzard that really wasn't a big deal, comes up where Bonnie is like, oh, I don't know if this can work because I live in the city. He's from the country. Um, and she goes, um, I quote, it was too soon to say love. She knew it. <laughs> she knew. Think? Excuse me. She knew <laughs> that at best this could be classified as insta-lust. Although she would also say that most cases of insta-lust didn't start with trips into a bathtub mostly clothed. 
I was gonna say... What the hell is Insta-lust? I just add water, I guess. I guess? I mean, does she put it on her Instagram? Is it, like, pudding, just add oh, milk, no. water? I don't know. I imagine... Both? I imagine it has the viscosity of pudding. Blah. Um, I... that That's the thing, though, and it keeps coming back to apparently the only thing of any substance that has happened in this book, which is insta-lust means that the second this slack-jawed yokel opens <laughs> the bathroom door and stares at you practically buck-ass naked mid-piss stream, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck that. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, this is like, as you could hear me um, nodding to with my heart will go on, this is Titanic-esque as far as how romantic it is. Like, it just pulls on the heartstrings. <laughs> you would be able to see her hand reach up and slap against the steamed window, but with the whiteout conditions, you can't see. No, you can't. No. Also, I'm starting to think that the thing the book isn't telling us is she caught Instalust, realized what she was doing, and then tried to bash her head against the clawfoot tub <laughs> to get out of it. Let me out of this hell. Um, so I want to remind you of the timeline for this blizzard. It was six days. Holy so it's a little crap. more than an average Disney love story where it's like one afternoon and then they're like in love or whatever. But like six days. So. The, so, okay, I'm sorry. I can't was, believe they didn't kill each other. I was going to say, was this a blizzard or the apocalypse? Maybe, also, maybe a little six, both. Six days. And now this is not a shot against pregnant women in any way, shape or form. Six days without power when you are already going through such discomfort. Because creating a human life, I imagine, pretty pretty difficult, uncomfortable process sometimes. And we're all just, like, chill and having a good time and making kissy faces. Carmelita's been now working Mm -hmm. for six days straight. She got her medicine, though. It's fine. The hypothermia wore off. The frostbite's not (laughs) great, but we will get her to a doctor on her day off. She gets one a month, and she's Mm -hmm. grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Six days. Six days. Mm-hmm. That's the plot to most disaster movies. Like, it's been snowing for six days. We're all going to die. Yep. Yeah. So, but they're prepared for it because they're in the rugged, you know, backstrap of Idaho or whatever. So, all right. So she's, you know, in this crisis about it's insta lust. <laughs> insta lust. God, the writing. Ugh. Thick, goopy insta lust. In addition, and I and I couldn't highlight all of this because it was just kind of sporadic. It was sprinkled in like shitty writing confetti. But the amount of times that I've read shit, damn, damn it, just like put in there because the writer clearly doesn't really know how to beef up the book any other way. Where it's like. Damn it, I love... Oh, actually, right now I have an example. So Luke's uh, perspective on the insta-lust is, and I quote, Damn it, now Bonnie had him thinking about sparkling winters. She had turned him poetical and shit. Didn't she realize how much she changed him in the last six days? Didn't she know he didn't want to be without her? And I read it that aggressively because that's how I read it in my mind, you know, where yeah. he's like, didn't, doesn't she know how much I love her? God damn it all. He, Luke yelled at his dick. Like, <laughs> I mean. Yes. In the, God. It, did I, you read the book too? <laughs> you know what? Just say, I don't know, call me somebody with the mind of a writer, but that's just I'm going to call you a makes, genius, actually. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All turned me all poetical and shit. Mm-hmm. Poetical. It wasn't all poetic. It was poetical. <laughs> oh, well, shit, damn it, damn shit. She made me oh, like Christmas. I didn't bring this in either. Um, the only other character we have in the book that I have introduced you to was Styx, and that's Luke's dog. He named his dog Styx. Why? Why not? 
So you mean to tell me there's been a dog going on here for six days, and mm-hmm. at no point did we spend time with the dog? Probably the most lovable character in this book. I mean, we did a little, but not even enough to really talk about Dylan. Like, I mean, there was a moment when, so they described the dog as really dumb, and I'm like, you know That's what? Right. I'm sure this dog is smarter than you, Luke Nash. But, uh, so the dog, you know, chews on sticks, and with the storm, he gets all scared, so he tries to hide under the couch, and he's like a big chocolate lab, and Bonnie loves him, and that's pretty much it. And Jennifer exists. Jen- she is about as deep as a pie tin and half as interesting. Like, well, I- and but no, no, no. Let's not throw throw stones at Jennifer. She could be the world's most interesting person. We just wouldn't fucking know because the writer didn't spend any time giving her character development. It doesn't. Zero. It doesn't sound like the writer spent any time giving anyone any character development. It sounds like every character in this book can be put into, I guess, three distinct categories. Category number one, Carmelita. Yes. Carmelita. 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 Why don't we just call her Dolce de Leche and get to it? Mother of God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, this here's my, this here's my, uh, my, this here's my mom slash housekeeper Mexican lady. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. You'll love her. <laughs> Category number two. She's one of the good ones. She's, oh my lord. You know, you know that they have said that (laughs) to her face. Oh, well, Carmelita, you're one of the good ones. And she went like, thanks. And they were like, she gets it. Yep, yep, she gets it. Yikes. No. Category number two. Extremely, extremely shredded men. I'm not sure a man exists in Long Valley based on this sample size anyway, that is not shredded to the gills. Well, I wouldn't actually... Re- well, okay, okay. Because Luke is so so sharp. Yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know anything about Stetson. Maybe Stetson's a big pudge pudge. Maybe, but I doubt it. Uh-huh. I imagine Stetson's also I guess also if he probably... called his pregnant wife fat, that I guess that yeah. kind of yeah. alludes she's, to his she's, perspective. Oh, yeah, she's, she's getting real fat, but, you know, I'm hoping she can lose all that weight once the baby's born. It's like, hey, buddy, you know that belly's the baby, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me! You get the hell out of there now! <laughs> and category oh, number three, women. Yeah. Because that seems to be their sole-defining character trait, is they have boob and butt and hair yeah and leg well i will say that um another thing to to point out here is that this book uh does not pass the bechdel test <laughs> if no one is familiar the bechdel test is um named after writer allison bechdel and to gauge it you're there's like three character or um there's three categories i think the first one being the women have to exist or have to be <laughs> women in the story but they have to talk Check. about something other than men like at least once and that doesn't happen Yikes. literally they just even the point when they're talking about how they met because they both met at accounting school if you're curious to know it's not connected to the plot at all so why would i bring it up but um jennifer's an accountant um neat Yeah, right? So they met at accounting school, and Bonnie Bonnie moved in with Jennifer because her boyfriend was a piece of shit. So, like, she lived on her couch for two years. Like, that's literally how they met and how they lived together is based on a man as well. So it's all connected to the D. Good. Mm -hmm. What a disaster this book sounds like. Yep, yep. So so in the end, um, Bonnie and Luke, um, it alludes 
maybe to sex, but I am thoroughly disappointed. The sex count of this book is a whopping zero. Um, I was hoping for some good, good smut, but between the poor writing and the lack of the plot, there wasn't even any steamy sex to liven it up. Just, like, a few teenage-level makeouts. Like, that's it. But it was, But it was hot, thick, viscous, gooey insta-lust. I know. You wouldn't think so based on the descriptions. I mean, like, in between her trying to bite her lip and make out at the same time, like, it was really <laughs> hard for them to... Well, she wouldn't open her mouth at any point, you know, so it really got... Well, and his mouth was always somewhat uh, open. He's got, so like, a it was a gum thing going yeah, on. It was a really, really difficult combination Literally of gnashing <laughs> instead of making out was their, their whole vibe. Um, so they did the long distance thing for a while. Didn't work out. Uh, Luke thought about selling his farm, his pride and joy, but instead... Jennifer saves the day, uh, which, I mean, Jennifer solves literally the only big problem that came up in the whole freaking book other than the blizzard. Jennifer opens a business that Bonnie could do accounting for. Luke proposed in the end. Like, that's it. That's the whole book. That's how it ends. It was so unsatisfying. I was really frustrated because I, I will be honest. I found myself at a certain point being like, I kind of want to know where the story goes, you know? Like, I, I want to see if there's, I don't know, Come anything on. interesting, but I... I just want, I mean, I'm reading, yeah, nothing, bad, 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 bad. So, in summary, the worst line in the book award goes to, um, well, I think it's about time we pop your real Christmas tree cherry, Luke said, smirking at her. She gasped, and then narrowed her eyes at him. Ew. And then got real wet. Ew, like, cause oh I mean, God. she's a city girl, so she always had fake trees. So, like, that's how they taught you. So that was that was the worst line in the book, in my opinion. And then he got really close to her, and said, and, th- and then tell me about when your actual cherry got popped, mm-hmm. as he ran his finger just oh so delicately deeper into his belly button. I'm telling you, you must have read the book. <laughs> um, I've got Luke figured out. <laughs> and the I can't believe that worked award. Bomb chicka wah wah. Um, goes to <laughs> so, and I quote: She opened her mouth just slightly and flicked her tongue against the pad of his thumb, and his breath caught. They talk about this a lot, and they refer back to it. But I want you to tell me something, like, unless this is just Luke's very specific kink, is that something that works for dudes? Like tongue, tongue flick. Tongue flicking thumb? What? What? So, like, we've all heard of someone, like, sucking on someone's fingers or, like, doing something like that. Because it's like, phallic, yes. Y- yes, but just, like, this little, like, bleh, like, this little, like, Yoshi tongue. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of, right? Like, just like a frog, like, bleh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You've discovered my very specific kink. But they talk about it, you know? I mean, there's a moment when he's like, and she did flick her tongue on my thumb. Like, it was so strange. But yeah, Can so you... that's, that's I can't believe that worked. And I, I guess I'm going to have to try it next time because clearly I've been missing something important Can in my relationships. Can you imagine what their wedding night must have been like when he pulled out the Yoshi costume and was like, baby, you promised. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> <laughs> So that is the riveting story of Luke and Bonnie Nash now because they they did get, um, well, they proposed. I don't know if they got married. But um, yeah, that's Christmas in Long Valley, buddy. (sighs) Blizzard of love. So my biggest takeaway from this is twofold. One, yikes. (laughs) Two. Yikes at how good it was? Obviously. Yes. Two, I'm real interested in these Stetson and Jennifer folks, wouldn't it be wild if there was, like, a whole book about their love story? 
Oh, Dylan, there is. It's called Accounting for Love. What? So we'll have to read that one next. I think I think I'm gonna read that one, mm, mm-hmm. and then I will guide you through the story. That sounds good. Um, just please let me know if she's a fatty, fatty, no friends the whole time, or is it just in this book? Well, the, he does say she's fattening up nicely. True. So, because he wouldn't have married her if she was fat. That's true. Obviously. Well, <laughs> that was silly of yeah, me. Wow. Obviously. Oh there are no fat people in Long Valley. Well, because they're all hardworking, you know, ranch yeah. dudes with chiseled abs that could cut your eye out. And and, and just, like, petite petite little city girls who need a big strong man to show them what for. And Carmelita. <laughs> and Carmelita. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for our inaugural episode of the Horny Housewives Book Club. Um, I... I know you're really interested in Blizzard for Love now, so please go out and read it um, and and enjoy for yourself. Obviously. Um, please give it a read yourself. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear your, your insights, your input. Um, or don't. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back soon with Accounting for Love. And until next time, I am Dylan. Accounting for Love. Meow. I'm Shayna. Sorry, I had to do that. It was really important. Uh, We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.